Let me give you a scripture before we have this song and we pray for Brother Taylor and for any other person. We need to remember uh, all those that are going through physical problems today. Uh, Sister Ruth has multiple physical problems that she's facing. And, and uh, remember her also as you pray. We've remembered others uh, that, that were out because of physical problems. Some people are not out because of physical problems. Some people are not here today because of spiritual problems. And they are really in worse condition than anyone's physical problem could ever, ever be. Amen. When people lose their hunger for God, they lose their desire to be in God's house. They lose their desire to worship Him. They lose their desire to be with brethren. Uh, Everyone that does that has an excuse for that. However, there is no excuse for that. You say, well, they did this, he did that, she did that. No, no, it's what he did on the cross that supersedes all of that. You can't let any of that, because if that can dissuade you, then that has eclipsed the cross and the Christ who died for you. And I'm going to tell you something right now. There's nothing, nothing more important. That's why Paul said, I don't want to know anything among you save Jesus and Him crucified. That is the source of my victory. Let me say this to you today so we can move quickly into the rest of our service because time is running on us here. Although we don't have a timetable, but we, want to, we don't want to lose your attention because if we do, then the rest of it is meaningless. The Bible said in Psalm 124, 1 and 2, If it had not been for the Lord, which was on our side, our enemies would have swallowed us up quickly. In other words, they were confessing clearly any victory and every victory that we have. God has given it and God has granted it. He is our source. And if it wasn't for Him stepping in, when our enemies came against us, and oh, the stories, the Old Testament is so rich in its... These are not... Bible stories. These are not stories like a storybook. These are historic, accurate recordings in the Old Testament. Sennacherib came up with 185,000 troops. He came to destroy the holy city and enslave the holy people, the covenant people of God. And he sent them a note. He said, if you'll surrender, we won't kill all the men that are able to go to battle and we'll just take you as slaves and, and you won't have to suffer all the carnage and bloodshed. Hezekiah stands up when they're surrounded like that and, and uh, the people are looking to their king what a great king, what a great spiritual leader he was, not just a political leader. Because he was a man of faith in God's faithfulness. So he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. There's more with us than there is with them. And they felt so overwhelmed and so outnumbered. <laughs> and he said, there's more with us than there is with them. And they were befuddled and puzzled by the statement because they were clearly outnumbered. And they were surrounded and besieged. 
And he said, he said, with them is the arm of flesh what you can see with your natural eye. That's all they have. They have nothing else. With us, the minority, the few covenant people of Israel, with us is the Lord our God. He shall fight our battles for us. And oh, now when a word like that comes, for it to help you at all, you've got to receive it by faith. Somebody's got to declare it by faith, and you've got to receive it. And they received it, and the peace came into their heart and their mind. And the Bible said, and the people rested themselves. These anxious people filled with fear and anxiety, they rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah, because it's not just him trying to make them feel better. He spoke the truth about Jehovah. He spoke the truth about their covenant king and their covenant God. Hallelujah. And of course, the enemy wants to just blow all that away. So the letter comes. The letter comes that says, and here's, here's the enemy's tactic. He wants you to start listening to him and not listening to what God says. He don't want you to have rest in your soul. He wants you to be filled with fear and anxiety. So a letter comes. And the letter says, every because he asked them to capitulate, open the gates, willingly go into slavery. And uh, they said, no! 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 So the letter he writes them says, Every nation we have come up against called upon their gods. And their gods were not able to deliver them from our hand. Neither is your God. There happened to be a prophet in town at the time by the name of Isaiah. And a king filled with faith called Hezekiah. And Hezekiah read it to Isaiah. And Isaiah said, Hezekiah, let's go up to the temple. And let's read this to God. Isn't that incredible? Wow, let's go show God what... Let's Listen, if he had a highlighter, he would have highlighted the part that said, their gods were not able to deliver him, neither is your God. And they went up and the Bible said, because it was in a scroll form, and they spread it out before the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> They were outside the veil in the temple and they just spread it out before the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 And you see, when, when you bring God into the mix, when you bring God into the mix, Hallelujah. He stood between Israel and their oppressors, but they saw these great uh, potential enemies and they were so disconcerted and they were they were just so timid and trying to pull back and he said i don't see the oppressor where is the fury of the oppressor you see when he's standing between you and your enemy he says i don't see the problem here if i'm not with you you're in big trouble but if i am with you there is no trouble you will overcome. You will prevail. The enemy will be vanquished. 
He spread it before the Lord. <laughs> and God, that night, Sennacherib and his 185,000 armed troops went to sleep in their tents to get a good night's rest before they attacked the city the next morning. And God sent an angel. One. One supernatural being on a special mission from God. There are different angels for different purposes. In the book of Daniel, there's an angel by the name of Gabriel. Have you ever heard of him before? Gabriel. He's the same angel 600 years later that came to Mary. He's a messenger angel. He brought a message to Daniel. And he brought a message to Mary. The Christmas message. You're going to be with child of virgins. You're going to conceive the angel Gabriel. When he brought the message to Daniel, Daniel had fasted no pleasant bread for 21 days. He had prayed for an interpretation of the book that God had given him. By the way, that's a sealed book until the time of the end. But God gave Daniel the understanding of it even then. He sent an angel to do that. Guess which angel? A messenger angel by the name of Gabriel. But the Bible said that Gabriel was held up by the prince of Persia. I read the history on this, and there was no prince in Persia at the time of Daniel. This was not a physical, political, or military prince. This was a spiritual entity. Because I'm going to tell you something about angels from God. No military leader has enough military might to withstand an angel from God. And by the way, while we're talking angels for just a little while, they are not fat babies with wings. Can you say amen? Come on. People that came encountered an angel from the Lord, it scared them. And it scared them bad. This is a super... Oh, man. This is a supernatural being with supernatural power. And it's, it's disconcerting to even see the good ones. Amen. So... For 21 days. So Daniel's praying and it seems like no answer is coming. And the devil wants you to quit praying and give up on God. Quit seeking God. But see, something was going on in the heavenlies that Daniel couldn't see. And suddenly, after 21 days, because he hung in there, an angel showed up. The angel of the Lord showed up. His name is Gabriel. He came to give him the interpretation. And when he showed up... Daniel fell down. It said that his knees began to shake until they smote one another. That's pretty scared when that occurs. And the Bible said he fell as a dead man on his face before the angel of the Lord. And the Bible said in the book of Daniel that the angel grabbed him by the belt and lifted him up because he said, don't worship me. You're beloved of God. I'm sent here in your behalf. Hallelujah. Worship Him. Glory to God. Can you say, man? Oh, there's a man laid his head down, didn't he? On a rock. And he went into a trance and he saw an interaction between heaven and earth. He said, I see a Jacob. We are climbing 
Jacob's ladder. Can you say, man? No, we ain't climbing Jacob's ladder, but there is a corridor. He had no other way to describe it. There is a spiritual corridor between heaven and earth, and angels are ascending to get instructions, and they are descending to carry them out, and all of that is in our behalf. Angels of the Lord are ministering spirits sent Commissioned by God Himself to minister in behalf of the righteous and the sanctified. You and me. Woo! God is involved. Hallelujah. So much deadness. So much defeat. So much discouragement. When God is dispatching angels. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it don't take 185,000 angels to deal with 185,000 men of war. One. I think I know his name. How do you deduce that? Because the Bible said Gabriel, the messenger angel was sent, but the prince of Persia held him up. But God, the, the angel told him, God heard your prayer the day you prayed. You see, when there's a space between the prayer and the answer, there may be a spiritual thing going on. So pray anyway. Pray anyway. Pray anyway. You can't see that realm. But there is a realm. And I'm going to tell you, if you show God that you mean business because you're not going to quit believing and you're not going to quit standing on the Word and you're not going to quit interceding, you're not going to quit praying. Amen. If He has to send an angel to get it through, it's coming. We used to sing the answers on the way. This I know. Jesus said it. I believe it. And it's so. Our Heavenly Father knows our need before we pray, and you may rest assured the answer is on the way. I want to edit that. It's not true when you believe it. It's true when He says it. And if you choose to believe it, it will become manifest to you, and it will become manifest to me. The Bible said for 21 days, I was held up by the Prince of Persia. But God sent Michael. God sent Michael. Michael is not a messenger. Michael is a warrior. Hallelujah. The messenger says, Lord, what do you want me to tell them? Michael says, you want I should go down there and bust a few heads? Amen. Michael is different. His ministry is different. Amen. God sent Michael. And the moment Michael showed up, the prince of Persia had to back off. There wasn't competition. There wasn't any kind of conflict when Michael showed up. It's the power of God against the power of the enemy. These are not two equals arguing like you saw in the cartoons. Can you say, man, this is a, this is a Christ who said, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. When he rebelled, there was no give and take. Amen. And I saw the great dragon fall. And, and when he fell to the earth, he drew a third of the stars of heaven with him. Amen. This battle was over the moment God ejected him. Praise God. It was over and done as far as God is concerned. In fact, I believe it's going to be a private first class. 
that's going to lay hold on the devil in the book of Revelation. It didn't say it was Michael. It didn't say it was Jesus. Jesus got the victory on the cross. But now angels are still involved. Because said, I saw that. I saw that. That old serpent. The devil. I saw him. John said. And I saw an angel. An angel. One an- Come on. Here we go. Somebody say, here we go. I saw an angel with a chain in his hand. Went over to the devil and bound him for a thousand years. Took him over to the bottomless pit. Popped him into it. I saw, was there a struggle? Was all the minions? By the way, minions are not those little yellow guys that's on the cartoon either. Amen. These are his cohorts and the demons. They, they, nothing hell had could keep an angel on a mission from God from carrying out that mission. Hallelujah. Woo! I feel pretty good today. I feel like the church one day is going to wise up and then she's going to rise up. Can you say amen? Little boy standing in the pew couldn't pronounce his R's. He pronounced them with a W. They were singing the great Christian hymn, Rise up, O men of God. Be done with earthly things. Amen. He stood and sang to the top of his lungs, Rise up, O men of God. Amen. Honey, before we can rise up, we've got to wise up. Can you say, man, we are not ignorant of his devices. We understand all he has is deception. He's been stripped of you, stripped of power over me. Can you say, man, behold, I give you power over what? All the power of the enemy. Not some of it, not most of it, but 150% of it. More than conquerors. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I saw, Jacob said, I laid my head. He used a stone for a pillow. God took him out into a trance. He said, I saw a corridor between heaven and earth. And I saw angels ascending and angels descending. Hallelujah. God involved, not sitting aloof in his heaven saying, I hope you make it, but God involved in everything that's happening in this earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. They spread it out before the Lord, Hezekiah and Isaiah. A prophet and a king. Wouldn't it be great to see political leaders that have faith in God, true faith in God. And they solicit the prophetic ministry. When, when, when who was it in office? Pre-Nixon, Eisenhower was in office. Billy Graham came and talked to him about our commitment to Israel He said, if you want to keep America safe, if you want to keep America blessed, if you want us to win every war, he said, don't ever. It doesn't mean that Israel is always right in their politics. Do not get me wrong. So they've made some snafus and some mistakes that need to be addressed and corrected. But it does mean that they have a covenant with God. And the covenant is this. He that blesses Israel, I'm going to bless. And he that curses Israel, I'm going to bless. 
I'm going to curse. And I've lived long enough in my short life, amen, to watch that work and continue to work. Amen. Listen to me carefully. Hallelujah. When God sends an angel, and the Bible said, while Sennacherib and 185,000 troops slept, God sent an angel. God sent an angel. (laughs) And how He took their breath away and how He stopped their hearts from beating, it's not necessary to detail it. The point is, an angel had the power and authority from God to stop 185,000 hearts from beating. And Sinatra got up the next morning expecting to rally his troops, his army, and take that city. And he found out this God of these people are not like the false gods. This is not a man-made God. This is the God who made man. Can you say man? He found a hundred. The flies were already buzzing in the desert heat. Hallelujah. He found 185,000 troops dead. And it occurred to him, there is a God in Israel, you cannot see him. You can't go to their town square and look at some idol. There's an invisible force. <laughs> Hallelujah. They call him Jah. They call him Jah. Jehovah. Can you say, man, there is a God in Israel. We can fight these false concepts of God, these man made gods. They couldn't stand against us. Neither will your God. No, wait. Back up. There's a God who defends Israel. You can't see Him. You can't fight Him. He's dangerous. Maybe we best leave them be. Let them alone. He defends them. How can you fight an invisible force that can wipe out 185,000 troops? That's why I said God isn't wringing His hands when He sees us surrounded. Hallelujah. So if he isn't ringing his, we ought to be raising ours. Can you say amen saying, Lord, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. You're on the throne. Hallelujah. Psalm 124, before we get into communion, is this. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, our enemies would have swallowed us up quickly. We would have been no match. They hate us. They are always going to come in an overwhelming, outnumbered army. But there's more with us than there is with them. Don't get discouraged because of the liberal left. Don't get discouraged because so many people are forsaking God and so many people are espousing what they're espousing in our culture. Amen. Fear not is the message from Christ, little flock. Fear not. It's the Father's good pleasure right under these conditions to give you the kingdom. Can you say amen? For the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink. It's righteousness. It's peace. And it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Fear not. It's one of the most used terms in the New Testament is don't be afraid. Psalm 124.1 If it had not been for the Lord 
if it had not been for the Lord. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but God. But God. But God. I preached that back at the old Holy Church of God in Sulphur Springs. George Suarez's daughter was on a motor scooter with one of her friends. Had a wreck. Took her to the hospital. Took her into intensive care. They were looking for internal damages to her body. She may be bleeding or hemorrhaging on the inside. The doctor had not come out. When I got to the hospital, Patty and George was there. I walked in, and I said, George, what's the report? I wanted to know what they had to say. Because I was going to bring in, but God. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivereth him out of them all. Instead of asking why, just, just remember, God is still on the throne. God is available to you. But God, he turned to me without me saying a word, and he said, Brother Venable, they haven't told us. They're examining her now, and they won't let us go back there. He said, so we don't know what condition she's in yet, but God will deliver out of them all. I said, in that case, all is well. Sometimes you've got to speak before you let other influences get a hold of your mind. Amen. Distract you from your God. The devil doesn't want you to see. And no, he don't want you to wise up. Hallelujah. He doesn't want you to have a powerful profession of faith ascribing to God His faithfulness and His greatness. He wants you to see the flesh and the limitations of it. We need God today like we've never needed God to move. Churches have some of the most beautiful edifices, some of the most powerfully entertaining programs to hold your attention. I don't go to church for the program. I don't care how good the choir can sing. I don't, how, I don't care how beautiful their robes are. I don't care how beautiful the building is. I don't care what kind of supper they're going to have or dinner they're going to have or trip they're going to take. I want to know, is God going to show up? I need God to help me. I need God to deliver me. I need God to heal me. I need God, amen, to stand between me and the enemy of my soul. As long as the church is satisfied with all of that, and I'm going to tell you, you can attend the biggest, prosperous, beautifully presented ministry in this city, but if God don't show up, you're in deep trouble. Because the enemy flat out don't care. But you can get in a, in a tent meeting where God shows up. Hallelujah. And get where the... You know, you know why the tents, they don't work now. People won't come. They, they saw Elmer Gantry and they quit coming. There's shysters went out and tried to ruin everything. But you know why God got out of the church building into the tents? Because they got so organized. They got so very organized, there was no room for the Holy Spirit to do anything. They took care of everything. The service is well-timed. If you come here, I don't know where Mickey's big hand is right now. Or his little hand. Can you say, man, I haven't looked. I can't look yet. We're probably overtime. But how can we be overtime when we don't set a time? Most churches start at 12, 11 o'clock sharp and end at 12 o'clock dull. 
I don't want our church to be on Memorial Day like the little boy that went with his daddy on Memorial Day and saw a big American flag up over the pulpit. And he said, what is the big flag doing there, daddy? He said, that's to commemorate the people who have died in the service. He said, which one, the morning or the evening? (laughs) Amen. Folks, I don't want a church like that. I don't go to be entertained. I go to have a God encounter. Can you say amen? Except the Lord. Except the Lord. Except the Lord had been on our side. Our enemies will keep winning the battle over us. But if God be for us. If God be for us. If God, what more shall we say to these things? It's the end of every argument. If God be for us. Who can be against us? Can you say amen? Somebody give him a praise this morning. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. I believe there's healing in what Jesus did at the cross. I believe these elements are more than just a memorial to something that happened 2,000 years ago. But I believe it's a public proclamation of what is happening right here and right now in the true church. Which is not just our church, but everyone that truly trusts Christ as their Savior. And they're sovereign. And they're sovereign. His body broken. The Bible said if I had ministered just for this today, that Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. He took the place of that Passover lamb. Passover lamb had to be without spot, without blemish. It had to be killed and the blood put on the doorpost of the house. And when he's the death angel, the final plague before they walked out of Egypt, when he saw the blood, he said, I will pass over you. Jesus said, oh, by the way, they were to boil the meat of the lamb and they were to sit down with their family and eat it. The blood delivered them from the angel of death. What about the body? What about the body? What about the body? Something occurred you're going to take three million people roughly out of Egypt on foot anybody see the old Ten Commandments movie what a great movie something biblically wrong about it it's when they left Egypt because the old and feeble and sick were all on these carts because they couldn't walk with everybody else but the Bible said when they left Egypt It said, number one, the dogs weren't even able to bark. God said, my deliverance is so... You don't have to worry about the lion. I won't even let... Come on. You don't... Come on. The dog... God's a... God's victories are not barely get you through this thing. He said, I'm not only going to shut through the mouth of the lion and defeat Pharaoh. I am not going to let a hound dog in the whole place bark at you while you leave. I live in a redneck neighborhood. I ought to know because I are one. I'd rather have a 4 by 4 pickup truck than a limousine. I'll take off through the swamp. Your limousine ain't going nowhere. Right? Put four-wheel drive on that sucker. 
the dogs were not even. Oh, by the way, he didn't want them beholden to anybody. Psalm 105 says, says the dogs were not able to bark, and he brought them out with silver and gold. Why did he give them the silver and gold? He wanted them to become materialistic? No, he wanted them to be independent and dependent on him. And not be beholden to any other nation. Oh, my friends, there's a message in that for you and me today. Can you say amen? Amen. Oh, come on. The Bible said the fear of man brings a snare. And I'm going to tell you, if somebody is threatening to kick you out of your house because you missed a payment, you got the fear of man in you. God wants to provide. I'm convinced somehow, some way, God is going to provide. God is going to make a way. He, he, he said, I don't want you to behold it. Somebody believe in God to get their home paid off. And it's not because you want more material stuff. It's because you want freedom from the debt. Hallelujah. I want freedom from that. I want to be free to serve you and not serve that outfit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you can believe for you know you can believe for what you want. I'm just believing God wants to set us free. Let us breathe some free air. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the Bible said, listen to this, Psalm 105, and there was not one feeble one among them. There was the inaccuracy. Not one feeble one. So that sick person in that cart was not sick when they walked out of Egypt. He became known to them as the great physician. He said, I will put none of these diseases on you that I have put on Egypt. For I am the Lord Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth thee, the Lord thy physician. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Gilead was known for its healing balms and healing potions. It would be like saying, is there no doctor in St. Joseph's? Is there no medicine in Tampa General? said, if you've got a Jehovah Rapha God, you can be healed. We begin to discover this when my, my son was in the hospital with bronchial pneumonia, bronchial asthma. I don't know. Bronch- it was a bronchial condition. It was serious. He was under oxygen. We went and prayed for him, had the church pray for him, and Jehovah Rapha showed up. And God delivered Matthew. But he was in serious condition, except the Lord had been on our side. Except the Lord had been on our side. Say, Brother Rumble, it must be nice to live in a cocoon where nothing touches you and your family. (laughs) There's no such place. But the Lord is on our side. And the Lord is on your side if you're His child. Hallelujah. We got sick with the honky flu, and that's not just white people croup. Can you say amen? It was just a bad flu, and we couldn't shake it. Ended up going to a clinic. They gave us antibiotics. Nothing shook it. We were, we were just pondering communion services. And what did they do with the lamb? They ate the flesh of the lamb. The blood took care of the judgment of death on the firstborn. But what about the lamb? They were told to eat it, every family to eat the flesh of it. And when they left Egypt, there was not one feeble one among them. The Bible said with his stripes, First Peter 1, with his 
who himself bare our sins, there's the blood, on the cross, with whose stripes ye were healed. Primarily, that healing was spiritual. Secondarily, it opened the door for physical healing. Amen? Amen? If you can be healed spiritually of sin's deadly wound, then you can be healed physically. Because if there be any sick among you, James five fourteen, let them call the elders. Where are they? Where are they now? Come on. They, we've got people with titles that hire and fire pastors. We need some people of faith, spiritual men and women that believe Jesus meant every word that he said. Can you say amen? Elders are not people with titles. Elders are not people with gray hair. Elders are people that are strong enough and old enough in Jesus Christ to take him at his word. Hallelujah. And pray the prayer of faith. And pray the prayer of faith. So we didn't know what else to do. So I went to the refrigerator. There wasn't no grape juice. So we got orange juice. We just got a little bit of orange juice in a cup. And we grabbed a piece of bread. And we gave ourselves holy communion. We needed a point of contact for our faith. We just decided if we, we can't get to church and church don't come to us, then we, we're going to have communion right here. And I said, Lord, I thank you for your body. It's broken for me. I took a bite of bread. Samuel took a bite of bread. I said, Lord, I thank you for your blood that was shed for me at the cross. She took a spot of juice and made you. Listen, you say, well, it wasn't grape juice and it wasn't a wafer. God's looking for faith. He's not looking for your forms or your formalities. God's looking for faith. Can you say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Evangelist that became a national evangelist. He said he had a car with 160,000 miles on it. It overheated between revival meetings. He's on his way to a meeting. He said, we, the last meeting, we didn't get enough money to hardly get out of town, let alone pay for repairs on the car. He said the car ran hot, and the car just stopped, and the battery got so low he was afraid to turn it one more time. <laughs> and he said he went out. And he said, I, I had forgot my anointing oil at the church that I preached at. He said, I didn't have no anointing oil. And he said, so I got the... This is what he said. And he became a national evangelist. He said, this back in the day when God was looking for faith. He said, I pulled my dipstick out. He said, I got oil on my finger. I found a place on the motor that wasn't so hot I couldn't touch it. And I took my oily finger and I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we need to get there. You want us to be there and we're trusting you to get us there in Jesus' name. He anointed his engine with motor oil. It's not the oil. It's the anointing. Oil just represents something higher. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. He said he told his wife, try it, honey. She turned the key and he went, <laughs> It cranked up and they drove to the next revival. He said, I put another 40,000 miles on that bad boy. <laughs> Amen. It lasted me to 200,000 and then God provided me with another one. You say, Brother Wimble, that's so silly. That's so silly. 
It wasn't silly for Billy Graham, so full of God's call and anointing, right down here at the Hillsborough River, stood on a cypress stump and preached his first message to the frogs and the snakes and the alligators. He knew he was called. That's where it all started, back where nobody could see anything. Amen. But after a while, people saw the evidence of a call on his life. Can you say there's something powerful about the anointing? Praise God. And by the way, Pentecostals don't have a corner on it. We ought to, but we don't. We ate that little parcel of bread. We drank that juice. And within 24 hours, the fevers broke. Wasn't it? It was quick. Oh, we were so young in the Lord, we didn't know no better. We didn't, come on, we didn't know no better but to believe God. Just hadn't found out that He didn't. So we believed that He did. Didn't have anybody explain away why He doesn't do it now. Nobody told us about the protocol that we broke using orange juice and using table bread. This ain't real blood, and this is not real bread either. But there is a real blood, and there is a real body that was broken. Can you say amen? And be, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we pray for you, we're going we're to have a song, and then we're going to pray for you. And I believe that God is going to restore the healing ministry to the church of Jesus Christ. And we've got to receive the offering at this time. So this song is so we can do that. Then we'll receive Holy Communion and pray for healing. Amen.